welcome to Texas. I'm Boone. I'm Levi. And uh, I guess we'll just uh, kick it right off here. Levi, a couple yeah. of episodes. I was listening back to a couple of episodes ago um, to, to write some notes on it and send it in. And there was a point that you had made quick, and we just were talking. And so we just scrolled past, didn't really you know get too deep into it. Right. Uh, but you had said something along the lines of uh, that... Uh, you know, the country needs, uh, you know, it really going into these times, how do you get out of these times? You know, it's not, it's like, you can't really depend on the old way. There's a lot of people that just don't have faith in it. Right. And the mainstream old way, obviously no one has faith in that. It's it's lost its cause, right? And then, right. you know, you had mentioned, you know, really ha- needing like a new way and that hopefully it's really based in, you know, freedom, individual liberty, yeah. it, like truly though, you know, truly not, not just the sketch of it. Right. Right. And, uh, and I just thought that was a really good idea and that's not a direct quote of yours. You know, it's, right. it was something yeah, along I, those I, lines, yeah, I right? I don't know what you're talking about though. Um, and, uh, I just kind of wanted you to kind of elaborate on that because, you know, um, a lot of people and in myself included think that 200 years ago was a long time ago for it, right. everything to still be cut and dry law right now. Right. You know, um, and I don't think that's what people that really love the Constitution necessarily mean. I just think they mean the foundation of each law should be founded on that Constitution. Right. Maybe, but can you just expand on that, you know, just... Well, I mean, you know, and it's like... You're right. You know, you can't just take law from 250 years ago and cement it in time and and expect it to just stay there forever unchallenged. Not even, you know, even Thomas Jefferson. I believe that if Thomas Jefferson was to come back today and I believe that he might look at us and be like, you guys are still using that Constitution I wrote to, you know, 200 I mean... He, he just you know yeah I, I don't think he would have expected us to completely scrap it but I do believe he would have expected us to uh, to revise it to edit it positively hopefully uh, I mean and you don't even have to necessarily edit the wording itself but bring its practices into the modern world you know and uh, and we've done that. We've done that pretty well. I mean, you know, your freedom of speech isn't limited to a a quill pen anymore. You know, you can get on the internet and you can type whatever you want. Transfer. You know, our freedom to bear arms, at least for now, is not limited to to muzzle-loading muskets. We have AR-15s and some automatics and... Uh, and you can even get a tax stamp and get a fully automatic if you want. You know, it's going to cost you a pretty penny, but you can do it. Uh, But... Thomas Jefferson once said that, uh, I forget the, the, the exact quote, but it was something along the lines of that there would be a, pretty much a new, revolu- a new revolution every 20 years or so. Every new generation yeah. would have it its own revolution. You know? And I think that that has, uh, that has happened over the decades. And our Constitution, it's been amended, what, 17 times now? What are we up exactly. to, 27, Const- t- yeah. 27 amendments? Uh, you know, we started off with 10. Well, and then 12, you know, we started more like 13 or so. But uh, my the point I'm making is that you don't necessarily have to scrap the entire Constitution, but that we can amend it. And I believe that it needs additional amendments. We need amendments that put constraints on Congress. 
We need amendments that put constraints on... Now, I believe one of the most important things we need in this country is an amendment that that restrains the president. Because the president, if you ask me, has gotten way too much power behind one desk. I don't believe our founding fathers could have ever envisioned a president with so much power. Maybe Alexander Hamilton... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there were some. I think, I think sure that uh, I think that today's America yeah. might be Alexander ha- Hamilton's wet dream. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, but I mean, I would definitely be in favor of something like an amendment limiting uh, a, a president's number of executive orders they can give during an administration or, yeah. or a, during a term or something like that. I mean, we definitely need new amendments, new. Uh, I forget the word that I'm exact. I guess amendments is, is really yeah, amending it, cha- yeah. amending it, changing it. Uh, now, what it, you know, what exactly we need? Well, you know, that's that's what we have organizations like Congress for the House of Representatives and the Senate. Those are supposed to work like we were talking about earlier to repre- to truly represent the people. You know, the populist opinion. Uh, Instead, what they work for nowadays is, you know, as we've seen with this new bill that's been passed, they work for nothing more than corporations and lobbyists. It's actually perfect. This is it's segment two. We'll roll right right into segment two, you know, because this is it. Because uh, Congress uh, just, what was this, today or yesterday? Was it yesterday that they passed this bill? Either way, it was was within the past, you know, two days. Congress passed a trillion dollar relief package here more or less when you get into that amount of money i mean the zeros just start to not even make sense anymore in my opinion but i'm i'm a broke man i kind of live i've always lived just paycheck to paycheck so i guess you know to them it seems like maybe not a lot but uh, so about a a billion dollars in this relief package and i am not about to go sit there and waste my life reading all six thousand pages but (laughs) i think that's the point Right. right of our structure today is that pe- most people won't but i do follow people who do read it and i try to look at as many sides as i can again um and uh it's just you know people i i think people across the board are probably pretty upset with this one way or the other i don't think anyone's truly happy about this i don't think this is going to get very good reviews but where i want to kind of tie this into question one is this is a good time to explain or kind of talk about uh, how modern day society has different needs with our with inside of our constitution yes. than that time did it's like today especially in 2020 you're asking people to close down their businesses you're asking people to um, to hire more people do outside seating if they're in this business close down if you're in this business open up if you're in this zone close down if you're in the zone next to it but you're right next door but you're in the same so you have all these mixed you have the federal government telling you this all the states telling you one thing right. the media is completely in a million different ways we have no idea who to look at and trust for any type of serious stability of what's going on like stable you know baseline of right. information and, um, you know, man, I, 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 it's, it's good that people get, that get help. I think right now this is the time, you know, I think it's, yeah. I, I think it's moral. It's moral to help people. It's moral that our tax money goes to help people right now. Right. It's just moral. I, I, 
I can't see past that. I think if you're ever going to spend money, these are the times that you have these pots for that you're supposed to have this money for is right. to help people out. Now, how you got there is a whole nother thing. You know what I mean? But A, A, how do you see that, do you agree that that something should be done by Congress in, in this sense to help out like constitutionally? Well, and hold on, and, yeah, and I'll put well, a second part to this. Yes. And, and B, and B um, is... You know, what do you see? Is this package? I know you haven't read it either, but is this package worthy? You know, where does this lead the American people? Okay. Well, A, to answer A, uh, I think Congress, I, I don't think, that, you know, the economy should have been shut down in the first place. We could have avoided this whole situation uh, by just uh, simply allowing the economy to stay open, allowing people to go keep their jobs, and you wouldn't have to be bailing out the American people right now. Yeah. Uh, you know you know me, I usually wouldn't be the kind of person who would sit here and defend <clears throat> the idea of uh, government sending out a check, but when government arbitrarily shuts down the economy, then, yeah, I mean, it does kind of fall on... I mean, you know, if, if the government is going to arbitrarily tell you you can't keep your business open or you can't go to work. They have well, to help. They got it. Yeah. Somebody's yeah. got to pay my, you know, my bills, dude. What's going on here? Now, uh, I've been very fortunate. My job has not been affected one bit by this whole coronavirus thing. You know, uh, I wish that the government or Congress would have been a little bit more specific about who they send the checks to. I don't think every American needs a needs a six hundred dollar check right now. Yeah. You know? I think you could have divvied that money up a little bit more specifically to the people who actually need it and they could have gotten maybe a little bit a bigger bit more. than than a six hundred dollar sure. check. I agree with you that, know? yeah. Because uh <clears throat> but anyway, uh yes, I believe Congress should have done something about it. A little a little stimulus to the to the people, you know, whatever. But did it need to be such a large piece of legislation that it has to be wheeled onto the floor of Congress in a cart? No. That's, that is absolutely ridiculous. And it should have gotten a unanimous no vote. You know why? Because how many pages did you say it was? 6,000. 6, Almost 6,000. Roughly 6,000 pages. There's no way a single representative actually read it. No way. It didn't happen. They just they all got. They, they just they all got their. They all got their favors in there. Oh yeah, they <laughs> all got it. their favors in there. They didn't even thumb through the first three pages. They just said, "Yep, send it on through." Six thousand pages of legislation, just like that. It's ridiculous. The Constitution of the United States is twenty. I think it's like twenty-four pages long, roughly, depending on what kind of format you're looking at it on. Yeah, but, one bill here. Yeah, it, twenty-four pages. 24 pages set up the largest government the planet has ever seen at this point. It wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. But under 24 pages, we have our our entire system of government set down on 24 pieces of parchment. And they needed 6,000 to pass something like this. Now, yeah. they can get away with passing something like this because they know that people will be distracted by that check. And I know a lot of people, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who are. They're distracted by, you know, the magician doing the hand. Look at this hand. Look oh at boy, this hand. 600 doesn't go far. Hey, 600 doesn't go far. 
not, not in today's it, it world. Really, it really doesn't. It'll it really go quick. Doesn't. That magic. But that's what hand. they think. I'm saying that's what they think. Yeah. They think for, they can for wave now, that six hundred dollars yes. out there, and and, and, and it works, well, and it works while it works. It does work. It works because while it works. people are like, hey, you know, that's all. They, hey, I'm gonna get. I'll buy some ammo. I'll get to, yeah, for real, you know. <laughs> uh, and you know, that's how Congress passes these massive pieces of legislation. Look at the Patriot Act. The Patriot Act. I forget how many pages. Thousands, thousands of pages. I uh, the Patriot Act. You know and. At the time, people only care about one thing. They just want Congress to do something, do it now. We want now. And all they're thinking about is security, security, security. That's all they want. They just want to feel good. They want to feel like Congress is, is keeping them secure. <laughs> you know? And then, however many years later, Edward Snowden calls it all out, what's going on with the Patriot Act and what was going on before the long before the Patriot Act. You know, but uh, the point I'm making is that, uh, yes, Congress does need to do something. It, it Maybe it shouldn't have been so vast. Maybe you didn't need quite but so many. But what they did is a wreck. Oh, man, it's an absolute wreck. Yeah, I well, mean, what, I, I what think is it, I, like something like $900 billion? And, yeah, uh, I, I, mean, I get mixed reports, but oh, it, it's a problem. Is there's no, there's, damn... The media, this a whole, this a whole another thing is the damn media, and and not having a baseline of information to go to. You get mixed reports, but around a trillion dollars, basically, yeah. basically a trillion dollars. I mean, you can, but, you, you know, one way or the and, other. Uh, you know, you were talking about uh, before we started the episode. You were saying, you know, we need to talk more about not just sitting here, you know, bitching about the problems, but what what about a solution? You know, well, you know, one thing I could think of is to we we got to get we got to audit the Fed. The yeah. Federal Reserve, I know we get, we, you were saying we don't need to be repeating points, but I know we get on the Federal Reserve a lot. No, no, But it really oh, yeah, is, it really is the root of all, of not maybe not all, but of many of the problems in this country uh, that have to do with government over-expenditure and government over-exerting itself, breaking beyond its limits. They would not be able to do that if they actually had to maintain a, tr- a, a, a truly uh, strong currency. Yeah, you know they can only yeah. do that because you know, we we're talking about nine hundred billion dollars here. Where's that coming from? Yeah, that's not billion coming, dollars. Nine hundred billion billions. Of, I don't think people fully. That's what I'm saying. You get to that amount of zeros. How how much a billion well, is? Well, see, and then I mean now our national trade is tw- national trade national debt is something like twenty seven trillion dollars. We're approaching thirty trillion dollars. I don't think most people really understand how big a trillion is. Yeah, I mean, it's just not going to... The system is... It's seemingly this financial system that is set up is is crumbling mightily underneath us. You know, that is definitely the basis. But see, so I asked you that... This is the hallmark. What we're witnessing right now is a hallmark of of all collapsing empires. Empire... No empire in history has ever just been brought down from the outside. That never happens. They always crumble in, crumble in upon themselves. And this right here, what we're seeing, is a hallmark of that process starting. Empires always start to overspend. They outspend themselves, and they literally collapse from the inside. Their currency gets pulled out from underneath them like a rug on a table. Or like a cloth on a table. You know, literally. Yeah. Pulled out from underneath them. Yeah, well, see, I asked, so I, I go back to that A-B, that, that part question, and A, I really brought up because, you know, I know you, and I know that you're, you know, you really, for, for in today's age, 
you love you really have read the Constitution. You understand the Constitution. You you are that. But but see but see uh, they. And I'm not saying I'm saying there's probably other people that have. Well, I'd just like to correct myself from earlier. I think earlier I said that Thomas Jefferson wrote the Constitution. Thomas Jefferson did not write the Constitution. He wrote the Declaration of Independence. Uh, just wanted to clear. Yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted. We to all. We that all. Out. We all. I know. You know you're I know that there were so and, many and, yeah. uh, listeners out there going. That dumbass just said Thomas. Yeah, you Jefferson never know. First of all, you never know, man. Like, like you know, some people and some and it's good that people know their history and would catch that though. But you're when you're talking, you don't even know. But, but uh, you know, I wanted to one thing I wanted to hit on today, and we were talking about that is like trying to talk about some solutions, um, and not that we have any solutions, but start to maybe talk about things that could are maybe better talking points that give people a little glimmer of hope moving forward uh in in any type of like uh you know system that we can all live under you know whatever that may mean moving forward right and uh if someone like you can say that the constitution can be you know worked on and amended then you know people need to people on the other side that don't understand the constitution you know have to understand that not everybody that loves the Constitution is just set in stone. Is like this is the way it is. It has to be all that, nothing else. Right. You know, there are, you know, there are way. It's it's basically a foundation to well, build to build things off of, right? That's, right. But it's also important that you don't uh, <clears throat> that you don't allow it to get too like. I don't believe that the Constitution is a living document. You ever heard that saying? You know, a little the, bit. The Constitution. Yeah. The people will say it's a living document. Well, no, it's not. The Constitution, it's a legal document, and just like any other legal document, it says what it says, and it doesn't say what it doesn't say. And you don't get to, it's it's not the Bible. You don't get to interpret it any other any which way you choose. Sure. You know. That's why it's uh, it's and, small, uh, right? That's right. why it is the way it you is. You know, that's exactly. Uh, and I believe that much of the problem that we see with our overbloated government today comes from that misinterpretation of the Constitution. That that oh, we just get to you know this this can mean whatever we think it means. And that this is one of the things I was talking about you know when I was rambling earlier about how we need to there might be some revisions to the Constitution that need made. And I know there's some listeners who might be saying you know what you know. We can't change. You can't change the Constitution. I'm not saying change, like changing its foundational meaning. I'm saying things like, let's talk about the General Welfare Clause. The General Welfare Clause could, in theory, be used to explain away this whole COVID, this whole lockdown thing. Anybody who wants to go with this fluid interpretation of the Constitution could could tell you right there where it says that one of the duties of government is to provide for the general welfare. Bam. There it is. Anybody can look at that and say, okay, there it is. One of the jobs is to provide yeah. for the general welfare. It's like, my goodness, that's a vague term. Yeah. You know, that is such a vague term. You could pull any rabbit out of that hat. Yeah. You know, you could do anything. You could say, I'm going to throw freaking candy from helicopters. Why? Oh, well, because, you know, for the general welfare. Who doesn't freaking like candy? Why not? I mean... And when you have a system like the Federal Reserve that can just print you the money you need to do it anytime you want to do it, why not? Why not throw candy from helicopters? That's the problem with this vague, fluid interpretation of the Constitution, you know? And that's one of the, I think that we could uh, maybe scratch out the general welfare clause. Well, see, and so in some ways, you know, I said, I said a minute ago, I said, well, that's why it was short, but in some ways, it being short also. 
gives it the room for expansion as well because you well, it do be expanded with, through amendments. It, it, exactly, amendments. exactly. Because you look at it and it's and it's it is what it is. But it does make you in today's age. You have to have more with it. There's too much going on, right? So you right. think, well, what else could go? What else could go with it? Well, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean changing the interpretation of the 24 pages. That means legally amending on to it and right. continuing on doing it in or a little legal process. Parts out. Yes, exactly you right. Can also, scratch. I mean, what I think it's what the 21st Amendment. All the 21st Amendment says is that the 18th Amendment is hereby null and void. Yeah, that's all the Twenty First Amendment says. Yeah, you well. know, see, we, I mean, in theory, you could pass a Twenty Eighth Amendment that says the General Welfare Clause of the you know is of whatever Article Section whatever is hereby null and void. You know, yeah. or or you could even better because I don't think you need to just completely scratch out the General Welfare Clause. Even better, you could pass an an amendment explaining the General Welfare Clause. Right, and all you have to do is look back at that. You know, uh, it's been a long time since I read the Federalist Papers, but I know that there's a whole, whole couple of uh, a whole couple of essays that the Federalists wrote explaining the General Welfare Clause, really setting forth what they meant. You know, sure. So it's already been. It's already wrote kind of it. been done. Oh, it's all there. It's in the Federalist Papers, and and the Anti-Federalist Papers, I think, are also uh, very important pieces of, you know, these are the words, these, you know, that for anybody listening who doesn't know, the Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalist Papers, they were a series of essays and letters that the Founding Fathers wrote when they were having the big debate whether to keep the Articles of Confederation or scrap the Articles of Confederation and, and install the new Constitution that we have today. Uh, and so... I love the Federalist and the Anti-Federalist Papers because it really gives you an opportunity to get inside the minds of the men who wrote this document, you know? You know, because people will say, well, what does the General Welfare Clause mean? Well, you know, go, go read the Federalist Papers, you know? I, like I said, it's been a long time since I read them. I, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I can just tell you what they say off the top of yeah, my head. Yeah, but they're there. Yeah, that's what they're They are there. It's in yeah. there. And uh, a lot of people would probably come back and say, like you were saying, you know, that those guys lived 200 years ago. Who cares what they have to say about it? You know, who cares what they have to say? Their their time is gone. We don't need to listen to them. Well, I think we kind of, you know, I, I don't think that that's a. You would be foolish not to listen foolish to history. Not to listen yeah. to them. You'd be foolish not to listen to the men who literally designed the System legislation really, yeah. that we still use today to operate yeah. this country. It, it would be pretty much like. If you were working on an old car, you know, and you found literally a handwritten <laughs> yeah. instruction manual by the guy who built this car. Hell with this guy. You know, and yeah. you just looked at it and you were like, I don't need, this is old, you know, that guy's yeah. probably dead now. I don't need to listen to yeah. what he said. And again, I, you know, crazy. yeah, and a lot, and a lot has changed and a lot has changed, but, yeah. but th that's the thing is there is a process in which to amend the constitution and to, to fit today's to fit the constitution right it, it it still fits you know yeah. the shoe can still fit it doesn't have to not fit just because times change i think that's the premise right, you, right. there are legal exactly. ways to there to, are legal ways we can to continue forward. on with it but uh you know now with how bloated our government has become i really okay I really, okay this is segment I, three know. this is segment yeah. three okay. i got Let's this go for you because this goes three. right into it okay because you know, salute. You know, moving forward, moving forward. The, you're right. 
it's we are it, we we just said this. We're watching the system that we've that we not only have we known our whole life, but our parents have probably known. We've watched this big this rise after World War II of the Cold War and all the 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 arms race and all the financial you know yep. printing money that funded the the world wars and and the fed that came earlier than that in 1913 and all that has happened uh we're watching it we're watching it it really fall apart and by that it's like so the value of the money goes down the more they print there's just you can't deny that right. and what that means for everyday people is that you know you uh, we all deal in dollar you get paid in a dollar amount you get you know, you would do everything in that, right? right? You yeah, pay your bills in a dollar amount, yeah. and that's why you see as well prices of things go constantly moving up, trickling up, trickling up, and wages not following at the same percentages, really. Right. And if you look if farther over history, you probably see it more clearly the more you look back over it, like within 30 years, you know, how it's just people's pay is not increasing, like the like the increase right. in rent and, yep. and other things going up. Uh, and you're what these have been signs, you know, this is happening and, and, uh, it's medical care, social security, pretty much broke, um, police relationships within their communities. I don't think it's broke throughout the way, but I think it's deeply, deeply, deeply disconnected. Yes. And, uh, and I think one thing I wanted to note on that is. That's not a knock on police officers as much as it's a knock on the people who make the laws that they have to and go and enforce. try to enforce. Exactly. Pulling a guy over for having a bag of, <clears throat> of weed or something right. and ended up taking it, you know, handcuffing him, throwing him to the ground and ends up being a damn escalate. It's like, dude, are you serious? Yep. You know, come on. You know, these are the little things, some of the little things that we... Right. A real no, serious I've, issue. I've always said, it, you know, for years now, man, you, you know, you want to see relationships... Between police officers and minority communities, and you know, really people just, in general, really yeah. just people in general. <laughs> you want to see those relationships improve overnight in the drug war. I agree. So address foreign policy, and moreover, address financial policy. These issues have got to become talking points. Somebody needs to come up and start talking about these issues. And by somebody, I mean some type of a media source that wants to start addressing these issues because this is us moving forward. We can sit here and talk about how we're all fractured. We all live under the same sky, really. I mean, if you want to think about it that way, I mean, there are lines and we all have countries and nations and there's history everywhere. And we all have to respect things you know it's a all that's very fine you know and and it's it's a fine line it's it's very hard to walk but at the end of the day we all are under the same sky and you know we have we as a country have been a real light to a lot of countries in a lot of ways and i think a lot of that did have to do with financial reasons sending them money and things like that probably but at this, we were this beacon of freedom to a lot of people. And I think for a lot of people, we probably have done that. And for yeah. a lot, you know, we have decayed a lot of that over the years, you know, especially in the Middle East and some of the things we've done, right? But um, the if these policies don't start to get talked about and addressed, there's no other way to move forward. It is that we live in a, in a chaos zone. We have two sides that don't agree. Right. An old middle you know 
the old dinosaur, you know, politicians that still control things, <laughs> and you have the, these these hardcore splintered off factions both ways. Right. And I really don't think those two factions are as far apart as they make it seem like sometimes. The problem is, is the media makes you focus on the things that you disagree on so much that you never have time to talk about things you agree on, right? right? And I think one thing we can all agree on is foreign policy. I think the right and the left would agree. We want to protect our country. We all want to protect our rights as individuals. If you want to go have an autonomous zone on a piece of land somewhere and you set that up and you want to go have that and you want to, you know, we, we all, people have fought in this country for the right for people to do that, right. to, to protest when you have problems, to hit the streets and say, no, we, we feel like this, yeah. right? We protect, we've, you know, that's what we, we have stood for forever. And, uh, that's great. But when you go over to countries and you just, uh, go over and bully countries for no reason, other than probably financial gain for a few big companies, then that's when it starts to get get iffy, you know. And uh, I think we all agree on on foreign policy. I think more people agree than not on that. Right. I truly do. That's one thing. Um, uh, readdressing the tax code, you know. I think everybody would agree on that. It needs yeah. to be readdressed, man. It's so complicated. No one understands it. No one knows. Are the rich paying more? Are the rich paying less? Does it look like they're paying more, or paying less? Are the poor paying? Who are the? What's the middle class paying? Does it change? It changes every so often. They pull this out and add this in. Right. Seems to me like it doesn't really have to be that complicated. Right. You know, it could be much easier. Yep. Right. And I think we would probably a lot of people would agree on that. I would think. Yep. I would think so. I don't know. You know, police relationships with citizens. If you can't see that like sometimes that 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 just needs to be addressed and it starts with the lawmakers you know but so i'm thinking about all these things that we right. that we could agree on or at least come to the table and have conversations have, about yes, have a conversation. how do we come to the table and and this is not my idea i don't take credit for this it's one of the weinstein brothers and they come from one of the major a big university you know more left-leaning but also they have had like some issues with the universities as far as being very outspoken and and principled individuals, you know, right. and he, one of them had talked about uh, having a coalition, a bipartisan coalition, you know, of yeah. people that just want to see this country move forward in a more productive way. You know, we've got to move forward. Here are the major issues. Let's start to talk about these and address how we can really start to help some of these issues. Right. And I just got to thinking, you know, I'd been looking through you know, something, and I don't know, you know, I came across these two minds, and tell me what you think, you know, Tulsi Gabbard and Rand Paul, you have a a, a liberal-minded woman who was in the, I say liberal-minded, I mean, she's independent, but independent thinker, I think, really, Uh, but but on the the probably liberal side of things, was in the, uh, served in the armed forces, is just a real, true, you know, interesting individual, you know, and yeah. definitely deserves some real praise for her work. And then Rand Paul, who is the son of Ron Paul, but I don't like to hang on that too much right. because I hate those comparisons. I think they have to be their own. Oh, yeah. But Rand is really starting to show own. himself. Yeah, he, he is. Uh, I think he's he's the, uh, the little bit more far, a little bit further right version of his father. Uh, you know, for a while, I was kind of starting to 
kind of not like Rand too much. He, he would, oftentimes I felt like he would kind of ride the moderate Republican road a little too hard, you know? He would try a little too hard to stay buddy-buddy with the, you know, with the other people on Capitol I agree Hill. with you. He I agree with that he, assessment he of him. Didn't, he didn't, I, and I understand why he did it. He didn't want to end up like his father. Labeled like that. Labeled yeah. like that. And also he saw what they did to his father. They saw how Congress, he saw how Congress blackballed his father. You know, because his father was a hardline, principled, I say was, his father is a hardline, <laughs> yeah. oh, principled dude. man, and his Ron voting Paul, record proves it. Ron okay? Paul is the kind of guy that would have a stroke on on his show yeah. and come back the next yeah, day. That's right. Show must go on, bro. Week. Liberty ain't going to report itself, man. <laughs> dude. That's right. Insane. Okay. But, uh. But and I think that Rand Paul is also principled and yeah. uh, and and I, more, I, I don't think more. he's quite so hardlined, but I do believe he is principled. More and more, you're right. I more think it's more. coming out it's that what, what out. he truly believes, you know. Yeah. And, and then imagine that going into Congress, having that Paul last name. I understand right. there's a personal thing there, you know. Um, and I'm not saying this guy's a savior, Rand Paul or no, Tulsi yeah. Gabbard. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying what I do think about their characters. And again, Rand Paul, going back to the subjects, foreign policy. Can, can meet in the middle with left on. Yep. Financial policy, that's where the struggle would really come. But Rand, Paul, but Rand Paul doesn't believe, I think that he's not, it's not that he doesn't want people to get money. If this bill was helping the American people, he would not be no on it. Right. If it he wouldn't be, if it was truly American, American yeah, helping the American people. people yeah. You know, he, I, I, tru- I believe that. You know, right. I don't think he's as stubborn as he seems. I think, I think he will meet on things, it's his character more that gives me that inclination about right. him. Um, and uh, and then Tulsi Gabbard the same way. You know, there's probably things that we could pick apart about Tulsi Gabbard that may not be perfect. Yep. Uh, but at the same time, it's her character that brings her name up in my mind because they're both at, at a good spot in their lives. Right. They've both been through a lot, but they're still young enough to really be vocal and be vigilant about what's going on. And, man, I just think... If, if we're not talking about fracturing up our country that we all love, I know so many people that love this country and have watched our families die for. All of us. All of us. have Some people have bled to get here to yeah. be a part of this country. People don't want to see it break up, truly. Right. If, if you're going to see it move forward, you, we've got to come to the table with, with people that we, what we can respect, that we really can respect. And I'm just going to say this. With when the BLM movements, uh, Black Lives Matter movement was really in full force this year, and I think for a lot of people that just aren't necessarily a part of BLM but just joined in because of they feel like there's inequality. Well, right. uh, Breonna Taylor was a big issue. A lady named Breonna Taylor yeah. in Kentucky, and Rand Paul was one of the congressmen that they actually uh, confronted outside of the the RNC. Yep. And I thought this. this does not help y'all's message. Because Rand Paul also really tried to introduce Bill. He introduced a bill called the Brianna, yeah, called the Brianna Taylor Act, in order to to get rid of no knock warrants so things like this wouldn't happen, you know. And uh, I wish people that marched in the streets and did that stuff would pay more attention. If you're going to march in the streets, you've got to be on top of things because you're taking someone who could literally help all of our cause here. 
you know, what do you want? Do you just want destruction? Because if that's what you want, then we can't. There's then that's all we're gonna get. Yeah, there's no conversation. I mean, there's to no be conversation had. to be had. And these are these are two individuals that I really, you know, I mean, before it was like, you know, there was Bernie and Ron Paul or Ralph Nader and Ron Paul. Even before that, people always loved Ralph yeah. Nader because he was, you know, big on the on the workers' rights and things like that, and and uh, OSHA and getting all that. And good for him. At the time, right. it was very. It was very good on him to look out for people. He was definitely a people's guy. I think he did it all in good faith. Whether you agree with him or not, again, uh, I see, and, and right now the, the times are hard. Like I'm, I'm definitely consider myself a fence, you know, what they would call someone who sits on the fence on right. it. And, and I live in, a, in an area that's, that's, that's red, and I've definitely been raised in red state, and I would consider myself a conservative financially. Like, I don't want to go off and I don't think we need to be, I mean, you know, value is a funny thing. You know, value doesn't just grow on trees, man. You know, value is a funny thing. I'm conservative in that way. We can't just, yes, exactly. We can't just, you can't just say, just give everybody a million dollars. I mean, it sounds great. I don't think it's a solution to anything. So I've always, I've always adopted onto that idea. Right. But socially, you know, I don't really care what people do. I mean, I actually personally didn't mind the other. Well, I think Oregon um, passed a law that basically no drugs are criminally prosecuted or something like that. Which I agree with that, and here's why: it's not that drugs are not a problem. They're not a problem for the police officers to be going off and getting in confrontations with people. Right. On drugs, unless now when they start hurting other people, right. it's a problem. Exactly, but that's that, that's going to be a problem. Exactly, yeah, that's the line. you know, because it's going to be a problem whether they're legal or not legal. Right. People that get on drugs are going to go hurt people. Yep. You know, but the education of drugs has to be it, it, that has to be something that we talk about more than we talk about enforcing it later. I mean, right. we're letting drugs in our country. You know, I mean. But handling it that way is not the right way. Incarcerating no. people that are sick and ill is not the right way. Right. What's the right answer? Again, that's for Tulsi Gabbard and Rand Paul to decide. Yeah, right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking about right. that. But really, these are these are this is why I I do sit on the fence because I do understand where people like that on the left are coming from, even though I'm not around them, and I try to listen to it. And I do love the Constitution. I think it spits fire. I think it was crazy ahead of its time. Right. It's insane that it even exists. I think it's kind of an anomaly that it even exists. No, it is. Truly. Yeah, it was. I think it's just a little bit ahead of its time as far as individual thinking and how if people take care of themselves on the individual level, it, it will trickle up from there actually and be the right. most healthy thing that you could really have. And, and you will take care of each other. You'll yeah. find, you know, but... Uh, but I, I don't really know. This was kind of segment three, and it's just a thought that I had. And I don't know. I mean, when you when you when you see the world a certain way, talking about these big changes is hard to swallow. You know, right. it's not easy. You know, if you're hard right, you're like, nope, Trump's still gonna win. Yeah. Or if you're hard left, you're like, just fuck, get over it. We, I think we can all admit there was there was fraud in this election. Right. I think we can all admit there's probably been fraud in a lot of elections in the past in this country. I think we can all admit there's been a lot of shenanigans that have gone on in this country with the Republicans and Democrats. And I feel like that it is time to address how we move forward and who is going to come to the table. If it's not a coalition, we're not all going to listen. Right. 
right? Oh, and yeah, and no, that's what this segment is all about. Right. You know, and I hope it happens. I think it's something that I thought was a little bit ahead of its time. I think that maybe it's the only thing that, that it's one of the things that could possibly help us come to the table with some real. Six hundred bucks ain't gonna go far. No, I'm telling you that's gonna run out real quick. People are gonna be yeah. real pissed oh, about yeah. that. Yeah, six hundred bucks. That doesn't even cover most people's rent, man. You know, is there anything else before we play? Uh, we've gone through our seg- our early segments, uh, and you're gonna get some time at the end too to close. But uh, before we play, would you rather? Is there anything else you want to say about any of those? points or anything well you know uh, the foreign policy one i think is a a really important one to talk about uh because in this big monstrous pie that we're talking about you know talking about the the federal budget and how much money gets spent on all these you know and uh the the foreign intervention is a huge slice of that pie yeah it's a huge slice uh i mean can you imagine if if we just had a truly national defense, you know, and took all that money that we've been that we would have spent overseas, you know, in some desert, and you know, divvied it, uh, divvied it up. <laughs> that <Yeah>. was <laughs> quite the stutter. <laughs> divvied it up among the American it, people. <laughs> <laughs> Excited, man. Yeah. Get pumped up. But anyway, imagine if, if we took that money and put it towards something else, truly it bettering our country, you know. Uh, and for going back to, to what I was saying earlier about the hallmarks of a, of a collapsing empire is that they extend themselves, uh, you know, on the foreign front. They overextend themselves. Yeah. All empires do. Yeah. The Roman Empire did it. The British Empire certainly did the it. Soviet. The, the Soviet Empire did it. <laughs> More and recently. now the American Empire did it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great point, and I think you really are. And uh, actually, we did our 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 what, what to look forward to in 2021, what we were looking at. And oh, that was man. one of the things we did talk about was foreign policy because, <laughs> you know, it, it we, we don't realize how much that affects our lives until there's a bill where all of our all of our bills are due to all these foreign places that we have these agreements with. Right. And they get all the money, and here we are. And all these now everyone's asking the question, look at this, why are they in there? They've been in there the whole time. Yeah. Every year, every other year when it goes through, it's always been in there, every time. And it only matters now because now it comes to roost and it's out, taken out of your paycheck, and now it's real. Yep. Well, what about if that was your kids and grandkids? Because it's going to be if, if, we, if something is not done. Well, it's not, I mean, it's right. coming to a head, you know, so it has to, you know, we have to figure out ways to iron this thing out. But I think that's a great point. And, um, I mean, you're seeing the effects of that, of, of a bad foreign policy right yeah. now. Absolutely, oh, man. man. I, I think that's really... don't any better under Biden. I mean, uh, what, his Secretary of War... Now, we don't have that much, that much uh, to base it off of with Biden. We don't have that much history. Well, no, I'm just yeah, kidding. Uh, <laughs> Only 47 uh, years. Yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> Only well, 47 I mean, years. Just, all you gotta do is look... <laughs> Uh, who he's uh, already appointed of uh, was it the Secretary of War or something like that that uh, is on he's on a board for some weapons manufacturing company yeah well, you know and it's like oh yeah I'm sure that guy wants peace right yeah I yeah. think that Joe Biden is I've said this one time and, and I really mean this and you know when we say this type of stuff I don't wish anything bad upon anybody 
and uh, everybody's just human. People make mistakes, and people have to learn from their mistakes. Some people make them young in life. Some people make them late in life. Some people don't ever learn. Some people are just evil. I, I think that's true. Some people are really good people. I think Joe Biden is going to bring this country together. Trust me. I think he's going to actually, in some ways, bring people in this country together more than he thinks. Uh, just not in the way that he thinks. Maybe as much as he thinks, just yeah. not in the way that yeah. he thinks. He'll bring them together against him. <laughs> yeah, because he came out in support of this bill. And and again, Donald Trump came out not in support of it. And even though a lot of this um, spending, Donald Trump actually you know, signed off on some of this, I know, going to other countries and stuff like that as well. So I don't think he's all out of the woods. But he came and said, hey, $2,000 for every American. Hey, just recently, I mean within yeah. today. He came out and said, I'm not going to sign it until there's $2,000 for every American. And I don't think he's going to get his way. Right. But I think he's making a point as to say, this is, you know, I, st- I stand with the people, whether he really does or not. I think that's where he's going. That's his angle. Right. Um, and uh, Joe Biden has just said, you know, there's going to be a bigger one when I come through. <clears throat> you know, man, how many times are you going to listen to that? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and here's the other thing about this, about this whole this whole issue. American people, I believe this for the most part, don't want a handout. Right. They want to go have the opportunity to be productive. Yeah, they they want don't want a bigger one down the road. Right. They want to go back to yeah. work down the road. Joe Biden saying that there's going to be a bigger one down the road is automatically ought to put okay well that means lockdowns are going to continue well, lockdowns mean, are in his continue. head yeah they're going on man and mask mandates are going to come as well national mask mandates are going to come oh, yeah. which and again to me they've already kind of been there because businesses you said this in an early episode yeah. businesses have enforced these laws so they have become national mask mandates most people wear the mask you know yep i'll just hit on this point this is something i did want to hit on and then we'll play would you rather but Okay, most people wear the mask. I mean, a small percentage of people are stubborn to say, I'm not wearing a mask. I don't even disagree with those people. If you don't want to wear a mask, I, I agree with you. Right. I'm, not, I'm not against you. I understand why you don't want to. Uh, you know, I completely get it. You know, I'm, I'm not, I, I see, I really do see both sides. It's like, yeah. just wear a mask for a little while if everyone wears a mask. Most people, as many people as you can get to wear a mask on this planet. Yeah. You're gonna. You've gotten to wear a mask for months now. Months, man. Yep. It's not helping. I do not feel like it's helping. I feel like it, the conversation at least needs to be had. You can't just keep telling people throw a mask on. It's it's just suffering for a few months. Get over it. It was 14 days to slow the spread. Yeah. We don't. We're, I'm. It's. I'm not that forgetful right. of that. Like, I'm not just stupid, you know? It, it's just crazy to think. It's like, I've worn a mask when I've gone to the grocery store. And if I didn't have a mask and I just did curbside shopping, I've tried to be as responsible as I could be. You know, there are people with health issues that can't wear a mask that you may not know. And you're sitting there saying, wear a freaking mask. And they have health issues. They can't wear a mask. Right? Right? It, it, it's... It, it's not a long-term solution. It is not a long-term solution to this problem. Nope. So you you put people put people in a mask mandate with no exit date. You've never given them an exit date besides a couple of months, a couple of months, a couple of months. There's no date 
attached to that. It's just you keep going with it. And then on top of that, you've shut their business down. And now, tw- just to ring 2020 in the right way, you give a bill to help these businesses that you've done all this to and people that you've done all this to, not even enough to pay half a month's worth of rent. Yep. You know, um, I mean... Just enough to buy a gun. Yeah, <laughs> really. I mean, it's like, let's see, I can buy a, buy a bag of weed and a gun. Okay, I got this. No, no but I mean, it's, it's astonishing. It's astonishing, and this is why I say that something, we must bring a new dialogue to the table. We, we really must kind of start over. Right. You know, and, and I think we all have to accept this. If we want, if we love this country, we've all been through through hell in our families. No matter what race, nationality, you've seen people die for this country, for this flag, for their freedom in this country, for their independence in this country. And that means that word is civil, civil, free, free your civil liberties, yeah, your freedom, civil. your right to speak out like this on this podcast, your right to you know, uh, get together on a holiday, whatever holiday it is you celebrate with your family. Your right to pray to whatever God you want to, really. You know, and your right to protest when you don't like the way the government's going or when you don't like the way you're being treated by a police force. You know, and that's what, uh, that's that's why I care. Right. You know what I mean? Because I see the potential and I think a lot of people know the potential. And I'm just not going to, I would hate to see that all get pissed away for, because of people's emotions. Right. Really, you know, it, it's not fair to the future. It's just yeah. not fair to the future, man. It's not right. Um, but, anyways, moving on to a less somber segment. Yeah. Um, uh, it's not really somber. I mean, it's just our reality, right? So we have to address it. But uh, uh, this is would you rather? So this is the time yeah. where we just say what we'd rather do. Okay. So this is a perfect way to start. Yeah. Would you rather get a six hundred dollar bailout or go to work and try to be productive? Oh man, I think I'd rather. Uh, I think I'd rather go to work and make a few more than six hundred bucks, man. <laughs> All right, I think I'd rather go yeah. to work and try to be productive too. We'll move yeah, on to man. number two. That really is number one. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Would you rather? This is a good one. I like this one. Would you rather listen to music on a vinyl, CD, cassette, or streaming newer like streaming device? Huh. If you well, got you your know, preference. That, think, yeah, my preference would probably be the. CD or cassette. The vinyl, I do like, you know, I do like vinyl. I think it has to be the certain kind of music, a certain uh, genre or time period of music for me. I'd like to, I would love to listen to, you know, uh, to classic music. Not classical, but like classic rock. Music that actually came out on vinyl. During vinyl, yeah, time. I don't really get this whole comeback of vinyl and like new artists releasing their stuff on vinyl granted i haven't really listened to any new artists on vinyl maybe the clicks and pops work with it i don't know well the one thing about vinyl that i do like just just you can go back to answering the question right from an artist standpoint is that when an artist gets streamed on spotify or something they're not going to get near as much financial gain if you buy a vinyl because you're interested in vinyl from an artist they get more of a cut of that. So that's right. one thing that I will say. But that's not as far as listening is concerned. Yeah. I'm just saying. I, this huh. is more of a listening question. That. But Well, because they're yeah. selling their vinyl that they made, oh, right? Okay. So they right. would get more of a cut for right. sure. Because Spotify and them are not going to give you a big cut to someone who's not 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 Joe Rogan, right. essentially, yeah. right? 
But uh, but the CD, probably the CDs. You know, I think CDs they get scratched pretty easily. But uh, and uh, I also like the. I have a lot of music on cassette. Uh, cassettes are, you know, that's kind of like what I, crazy. When, I, when I was a kid. That's yeah. what I had was cassettes. You know, that's what I listened to my music on. But uh, digital music, you know, I, I use it. I play Pandora all the time. You know, listening to music and stuff. But I really like to have physical copies of my music. Yeah. You know, if I have a band that I really like or a, or an artist that I really like, I want to have a physical copy of that. You know, yeah. I'm the same way with movies, man. I'm the same way with movies. I got. I, I saw got, your collection. Oh, on, dude, yeah, I got so many cool. movies, dude. I got so. I probably have probably close to a thousand titles. So movies, uh, you would rather you would rather slip in an old disc or VHS as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I like to. You know, I I don't like to stream movies. You want to you like want a movie to, that you can rewind the with a pencil copy. I love the rewinding my movies with pencils. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way to go, Come on dude. Now. Well, see, and I hey. think that that's why vinyl probably has become thing. I think it's nostalgia for some people. Exactly. That's and I exactly think, that, yeah, and and that's cool. I actually like it. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a vinyl player, but uh, I I think that I will get one going forward because I see a lot of my friends coming out with the vinyls, and I want to buy them. Right. And and I would I would like to listen to them. And I, you know, you light a candle, you know, or an incense or something, and you turn the vinyl yeah. on, and you just listen. Yeah. You know, hit the coconut bong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, you have you know, yourself there, a there, night. There really is something about working that, working the arm on that record player. You know, I definitely see the attraction. Sure, to vinyl. sure, I definitely. But see you it. could say the same thing in our era for for um Slapping for a cassette, for a cassette yeah, in there and hearing that yeah. click uh-huh. and rewinding it really yeah. like with a pencil or a pen or something. Yeah. Right? It's a lot of fun, man. It's like uh, it's like having the old car phones that were connected. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so definitely I'm like you though, the physical copies, the artwork, yeah. you know, I do think there is something to that. I, I would take that over. So really rather CDs tend to scratch a little easy. Yeah, they do. Never had a lot of experience with vinyl, to be honest with you. So I don't know yeah. if it scratches or anything like that. I don't know if it has any any issues pr- that I don't have to I do have a record player. I've used it. A few times I have like two or three. Do you have ACDC? Vinyl. No, I don't have any ACDC vinyls. Yeah. I got a Stephen Miller band. Oh, that's a good and, one. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, a good that's a really good one. And uh, and I got a Bruce Springsteen vinyl. That's a good one too. And then uh, and the, I don't even remember the the other one was just some random one I picked up at a garage sale. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember the name of it. But uh, maybe the best one you got. No. Yeah. <laughs> hey, who knows? But uh, yeah, I don't have much much experience with it either i do know that uh they they can scratch pretty easy i think yeah okay i think they can i'm pretty sure yeah so but yeah it's it's cool it, it's interesting to see the music you know any industry kind of how it changes sports or anything uh how they right. change over the years but um you know the music industry is definitely one entertainment industry that is rapidly changing oh, yeah. it is just really ever-changing it's like it's, it goes one way over another and then another it just is it, you know, it's it's unpredictable <laughs> yeah no that's for sure okay um so you get to choose on this one would you rather put an amendment on oh, what do they call it when you get to put something on uh, on the ballot like an actual oh, like a referendum a referendum yeah. okay so you get to make the referendum okay open constitutional carry gun laws you don't have to have a, a license you carry in the state of texas to protect right. yourself and your property um or complete legalization of cannabis in texas so man 
Well, I'm gonna. I would. I would have. I would go with the the Second Amendment one. I think. I think that. Uh, you know. I, I think that both of them are a right. You know, because because I don't think of a right as something like you know. I'm not saying that there's a constitutional right to smoke cannabis. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I I believe that a right, an individual liberty. I guess that's what I should say. I believe they are both individual liberties that do not in themselves harm anyone else. And I don't believe there should be any government legislation barring the use of either one. Uh, but the Second Amendment one I would have to go with because we actually do have the enshrined Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. You know? Uh, and I would just, I would have to go with that one. That's, a, in my opinion, a bit more of an important issue. Uh, you know, because like I think I've said it on an episode before that uh, any state that requires its citizens to get a license to carry a firearm is really depriving them of half of their Second Amendment right. You know, it's telling you you have the right to keep arms, but you do not have the right to bear arms. Not unless you go and get a, a license or a permit from us. Then, then we'll sell you the right. You know, your right to bear arms. Yeah. But uh. But that doesn't mean, you know, like I said, I do believe they are both individual liberties, and I don't believe there should be government legislation covering either one of them. I, I, I would love to see a flourishing cannabis industry, a flourishing legal can, cannabis industry here in Texas. I think it would be, I think it would be an awesome thing. Yeah, me too. Uh, I do agree with that totally. Uh, you know, with uh, with the with the gun issue, you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not well astute on on everything and how it works really. You know, and and I do think it's an important issue. I also feel like the gun issue in Texas here is not that big of one because, f- n- dude, right, left, or in yeah, between, everyone has guns here, good, yeah. and 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 Everyone's it's not. It's just, gun. you know, it is a, it is something that people do. You know, I mean, it, when even when I was in high school, people had twenty twos in their trucks. Right. You know, in yeah. in my high school, I mean, I'm not far removed from that, um, and I know. I know that the the argument against that is that well you would have more violent crimes if you had gun if 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 people just carried guns around, and I think that's true to an extent, but I don't think that's true. I don't think that's as true as people make it out no, to be because because see the thing about people that have guns and that care about guns and would care about a gun enough to put one on their hip right. is they uh, you know. Again, we're 200 years older than we were when that was happening. You know, people right. have learned a lot about the safety of firearms. Anyone who's ever taught firearm classes that I've been around and been around that is extremely knowledgeable about firearms, how they work, how to use them, never to point them at anyone, how to safely protect people, how to never fire a shot in a misdirection if, if you know, you're responsible for every bullet, essentially. Right. Um, you know, I mean... It does come with some massive responsibilities, and I think that we don't give enough credit to individuals in our in our own communities on how well we could educate each other without the government's interference. Right. I do I do agree with that. Um, <clears throat> I do also hear other people's arguments like loons will just get guns and shoot people, but like loons already do get guns exactly. and shoot people. Already, so yeah. you know, yeah. education is the answer yeah. to firearms to me. Exactly. More education. For more people about what firearms can do and how to use them appropriately, and they, no one even needs to ever really know that we all are armed. We don't even need to really. Well, you know, you and, know? And, and an armed society is a polite society. You sure. Know? I don't know if you've ever heard that. That that's a pretty common phrase. Yeah. Phrase, I think, but uh, but I think it's true. You know, uh, 
And like like you just said, you just said it perfectly. And everybody who's so afraid that if everybody had a gun on their hip, that people would just start going off and shooting everybody. Let's get something straight here. I mean, everybody who wants to go off and shoot people is already going off and shooting people. You're not stopping them just because you, you, you require them to have some license. You know, I guarantee there are... It, it kind of goes back to what we said about uh, weed, you know, and like how people are afraid that if you legalize weed, everybody would be, everybody would be, you know, driving around stone. It's like, mm-hmm. you, you say that as if everybody's not already driving around stone. <laughs> yeah. You know, everybody, people say if we, you know, if you did constitutional carry for guns, everybody would just be carrying a gun. No, you know, I, I can pretty much guarantee you that there are a lot of people out there right now carrying a gun on their hip. Or tucked away in their waistband that do not have a license. You don't know. Yeah, they no, want okay. to carry that gun, and they're going. But to what carry they do have gun. is they do have okay. education. They right. Don't don't shortcut these people. A lot of these people that do that, like right. I'm saying, you are. But no, I'm saying no. for other people, don't shortcut their knowledge and their understanding of 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 guns and the safe way to use them. I think a lot of people do have a lot of knowledge, and oh, but they just want to protect themselves. Yeah. And, and their they don't community. want to have yeah. to ask the government's permission to do it. They want for they want for the Second Amendment itself to be their gun permit, which it should be. Yeah, and and the government is there to only protect that that their ability to do that, right? Like uh, I mean, well, that, the government that, that is the government is supposed to be there to protect their ability to carry a gun. Exactly, exactly. Not, not yeah. to infringe upon yes, that ability. Exactly not to right. not to license and permit that ability. Now, with all that being said. I would still choose the complete legalization of marijuana yeah. <laughs> because I just love it too much. You right. know, no, no, I'm just kidding. I, I would really probably choose that one. The only reason I would choose that one now, I would say this would be my reason, is because I think for the times that we live in now, man, that promotes peace. You know, like yeah. weed brings people together. You know, guns yeah. is like so, it's definitely an issue that seems to it would divide. tends to that divide would a little bit. Would, Even yeah. not, not here in Texas so much, honestly. Right. Dude, I, I've got a lot of people who are older liberals, young liberal friends. I do have people who are liberal friends, conservative friends of all sorts. Independent, they hate the government. Some yeah. that are involved in the government. Not one of them doesn't have a gun. You know what I'm saying? They all got guns. They right. all do have yeah. guns. So I, I, whether they think you should carry them or not, I think there are some lines where people disagree. But yep. people want to be able to protect themselves or at the very least, if things get bad, hunt. Right? right? Seriously, you do. Right. And yeah, I don't know, like, yeah. if you're not a trained hunter, people are like, well, what do you have a gun that can you can fire three rounds in three seconds? You know, it's like, well, dude, it, you know, if you're not right. a pro hunter, you better have a decent firearm that you can kill something with. It's not that easy, you know? Right. You're not going to go out there with a little Red Ryder BB gun and drop a, a deer, you yeah. know? I mean, you right. know, you better be some sort of trained, you know, and have some sort of right. idea what you're doing, yeah. you know? Uh, but anyways, yeah, so... I thought that was kind of a fun one because uh, I know that those are both interesting issues for sure. Okay, here we go. Would you rather own a pet tiger or a herd of buffalo, like on a ranch, oh, you know, man. or Uh-oh. or both, and just see what happens? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh dude, I think oh dude, I'd go with the buffalo herd for sure. Yeah, man. I'd love yeah. to have the buffalo herd. I see yeah. the ranches out here. I love it when when Me I'm driving too. through the hills. And you just look off in a field and you see a herd of buffalo, you know, it's just right. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's just right. Yeah. That's what that's what should be there right now, you know? Yep, yep. Uh, I no, agree. I, I Mine's like buffalo, too. Yeah. And ti- dude, I people play around with these tigers, man. Like, dude, there you know. There are more tigers in captivity 
in the state of Texas, I think, or it, it might be nationwide. Maybe it's nationwide. Look, the, it, the point is, there's more tigers in captivity here in America than there are in the wild. Here's the thing that we have to realize: is there's a lot of tigers in this state. I you think, know, yeah. no, no, there I is, there is, Texas there is, and I've seen about. some, I've seen some back and forth on this issue. But the one thing we definitely know is there are a lot of tigers in this state. Yeah. And there was even a picture, and I, I, I've got to clarify if this, if this picture was, was legit. But I believe this picture was legit, and you can look it up. Look it up. Uh, a tiger laying by the Rio Grande. There was a tiger that they took a picture of just chilling by the Rio Grande in an open zone. And they, really? someone took a picture of that tiger's just chilling right there by the Rio Grande. It's obviously Texas. Yeah. You know, whether it was... Dude, I looked at this picture for a long while. I looked at where it came from. It seemed legit to me. I, I don't have it pulled up. I wasn't prepared to, right. to talk about that. But but um, you can look... We'll, we'll look it up. I'll try to find it and send it to you if I can. I'll, yeah. I'll remember because I did see that. But, dude, like... Tigers, so you have bobcats, right? And they're like, you're like, if you come across a bobcat, you're like, oh, it's going to run away from you. They're pretty small. Right. They're big, but they're small. Right. I mean, it's not a huge threat. Even a pack of coyotes, yeah. you know, they're going to go the other way out here in, in the hills for sure, yeah. where they have other sources, right? A mountain lion, eh, now you're starting to like, it depends, you know? Right. It depends on what they're doing. They're not necessarily that as intimidated of you as you think. Right. You know, you're probably more scared of them. Oh, yeah. A lot of ways, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, a tiger is a whole nother game. That's oh, like a yeah. whole nother level. I don't want those things running around here, dude. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, like I really don't, dude. They in India and in that part of the world that well, they, they live, they kill a lot of people, people. Yep. dude. They are a real problem. If you're gonna like just like they're not really like, I would I I would much rather have some buffalo. And I know buffalo can mess you up too. You know, I, oh, if yeah. you go, but I mean, oh, yeah. uh, dude, big cats, man, like. Yeah, that's just scary, man. That's just... I have all the respect in the world for them. Hey, you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, and not to diss anyone who owns a big cat. Maybe you can, you know, maybe it's just the nicest little cuddle, to, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The world, who knows? But I, for me, I would never want to own something that like that that could kill me. You know, I mean... A horse could kill you. You know, a goat could kill sure. you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a, a, good, a but, big dog. Yeah, guess, a big really. dog, yeah. I guess there's lots of pets that could kill you, but something that could just blatantly kill you. Well, the thing is, is dogs. Yeah, dogs have been bred with people have bred dogs for a long time, and the relationship goes a long way. Tigers are still very wild animals. I mean, they're only known in the wild. They're 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 generations not far from the wild, even if they're in captivity. And the thing is, is if they get out of captivity, even one that was very friendly in captivity, when they get hungry and they no, don't, yeah, have, they not, they're not being right fed. Yes, no, they're gonna yep. eat. They're gonna eat. You know. Yep. So uh, that that that's just <laughs> that's insane. People yeah. owning tigers. I've always thought. Oh, that uh, is. Did you watch? Just since we're talking about it, let's just talk about it real quick. Did you watch Tiger King? I never saw Tiger King. You never King. watched no. Tiger King? Now, now late, late in its existence, I heard enough on like media and podcasts about it. You put it together? To, not really. I don't yeah. ever get it. I know people always say, that effing Karen Baskin. So, you know? <laughs> Karen yeah. Baskin. <laughs> yeah, I always, I always hear people saying stuff. Yeah. And I think it's... I, I know that there was like like she killed her husband something I don't Fed know. Him to the tigers, yeah. yeah, that's what they say anyway. It's a, okay. So well, if you haven't seen it, then we won't then we won't really delve yeah. into it. But, yeah, uh, it was a I, phenomenon. I did, I did watch it. it was a phenomenon. Yeah, you know, I think it was only a phenomenon 
I think because of the time period it was released. <laughs> when was it released? It was released right when, like right around March, right when the, the lockdowns were like first hitting. And it was just like everybody was staying at home. This is when you know 2020 has been a messed up year. <laughs> Not only because that show came out, because it seems like that show came out five years ago. Right. You know what I mean? It really yeah, does. It does. Like, I don't it even remember. I couldn't have told you that show came out this year, really. I couldn't have remembered oh, yeah. that, but that's crazy. Yeah, dude. it came out March. at the very beginning of this year, pretty much. Dude, and, uh, it's wild. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it, I don't think it would have... If it had come out any other time, if, the, if that show had come out two or three years ago, it would not have been... It, only a niche group of people would have even heard, ever heard of it. Yeah. But because of the time period it came out, I think, yeah. somebody found that and just... Shared it and it just like you know all the people staying at home something about it just skyrocketed. Yeah, it man. went it went nuts, dude. That yeah. that one went nuts. And, well, I mean, and it also because it, it was just a train wreck. Yeah, the whole yeah. show was just a train. Yeah, wreck. and we were Can't leading ourselves away. into a train wreck. The, the timing was yeah. impeccable. The timing was impeccable. You can't deny it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, n- really quick, uh, moving into this real quick, and then I'll, I'll give Levi back the floor here. Uh, speaking of, you have the Tiger King, and then you have the Snake Farm King. The musician of this episode and the week, I'm going to give to Ray Wiley Hubbard. Uh, Ray Wiley Hubbard has a quote when he takes the stage, man. And he says, uh, "The day it's something like this. I, I can't do it directly, but it's something along the lines of, the days I hold my gratitude higher than my expectations are usually pretty good days. And I think for people out there listening anywhere in the world, if you come across this, that's a great way to look at the world is just try to have some gratitude for what you have in your life and... Uh, don't have any expectations on what's going to happen. Just have gratitude and try to understand uh, what you want out of your life. Go get it. And uh, Ray Wiley, uh, he's done he's done so much for old and new musicians alike. You know, helping them find direction, and inspiration, and in music. And so, I uh, couldn't go through this show and not give him a shout out because he's a he's a gem, man. Yeah. He's a gem, and he's been working through this pandemic as far as making new music and recording new music and putting stuff out. So, uh, look up awesome. Ray Wiley Hubbard. He's great. And then uh, that's all I got, man. Levi, I'm going to give you the floor if you want to bring anything else back up. Or anything. Well, one, one big piece of uh, news that I don't think we touched on today. I don't know if you've heard about this new mutant strain of coronavirus coming out of Britain. Yes, yeah, UK. Yeah. I actually think we barely, bri- very briefly... Did we touch on it? I mean, it came up maybe in one of the episodes. But yeah, yeah, I oh, have heard a little episodes. bit about it. Oh, well, Last one, I think. Yeah. This was, uh, well, apparently they're taking it a little bit more seriously now. I don't know if you've heard, uh, the Europe, pretty, pretty much all of Europe has shut down travel from the UK, uh, and they're saying, you know, this is, uh, apparently it's a more, spreads more rapidly, it is more, uh, aggressive, hits your system more aggressively, you know, it's gonna be more deadly, uh, I think it's still a little early to be calling, to be freaking out, you know, or anything like that. I think this is most likely just some big way to throw fuel on a fire and to use fear. That's what I wanted to talk about, man, was fear, you know. Fear is what's driving this whole thing. Fear is what has driven mankind to do pretty much all of the deplorable things it has done throughout all of our history. All of the most wicked and cruel and evil things you can think of, they were all done because of fear. Because at the bo- because in the bottom of those people's hearts, they felt like they were afraid. 
of the person, not necessarily of the person they were maybe killing or maiming at that time, but they were afraid of the idea that they thought that person represented. That person, because they looked at things collectively, and they looked at things through this lens of, well, collectivism. You know, that's, that's pretty much the, the perfect way to put it. Uh, and we really need to be vigilant about this kind of thing. You know, when, when government comes out, or not even government, even when media comes out saying, oh my gosh, there's this new strain of COVID. You got to be afraid. You got to be, you get, it's more deadly, guys. We got to, you got to mask up. You got to keep up that social distancing. Uh, you know, Bill Gates now saying that maybe things will get back to normal by 2022. I don't buy it. I don't think things are ever going to get back to what, to, to pre-2019 normal. Again, no. I really don't think it's going to happen. No. Uh, but, uh, you know, maybe you'll get it. To some extent, I, the masks aren't going anywhere. You can just bet that right now. You you might as well. The masks are going to become a... I think that in the timeline of human history, I think that there's... like, Or, or at least in the history of photographs, there's going to be a time when you're going to be able to look at a photograph and you'll instantly know whether that photograph was taken pre uh, 2020 or not. It's already starting you know? to happen now. Yeah, I mean, really, you know, based on, oh my gosh, look at all these people. Nobody in this photograph is wearing a mask. That's amazing. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, more you fear. Know, I don't, I don't, yeah. yeah, fear. Yeah. Fear. It, it all boils down to fear. You know, that's what drives people well, to actually, do. Actually, I do think that what we had brought up just briefly last time, what we were talking about, we were actually talking about um, whether or not they were going to stop these... Um, these, you know, yeah. are these, you know, are they going to continue on? Is this going to stop? You know, are they going to stop right. with the mask? Are they going to, and, and that's yeah. exactly right, man, that, that they, that's when this came up. I think one of us had mentioned there's a strain in the UK that they're starting to talk about. They were yeah. just starting to talk about it. And this is exactly the point though, man, is that there's no media, there's nobody, there's no baseline to cover you know, any they're gonna sell fear. They're gonna sell hysteria. There could really be a mutant strain of COVID out there. We have no idea. Right. No one knows anything. And you know, man, it's it's a. Uh, it always comes back full circle, man. I mean, yep. you know, it always comes back full circle. I mean, it, you make a great point there, and I think that's. I, I mean, there's not really yeah. much to add on to it. They, no. they do. They absolutely do. I mean, and by they, I mean. People that have something to gain from ratings, from keeping people in tune, from keeping the mask going, keeping the... I have this written down, and, and I said this earlier, and I'll say it again, uh, and I have to just say this point because I think it needs to be brought up and I think it needs to be talked about. The, the effective... Are masks effective or not? Are they really effective? Do we have enough data? The box on the mask says 